Welcome to episode six of the Unperfect Podcast, where today I'm going to encourage you to stop trying to be great. How's that for being countercultural? I'm your host, Shelley Sneed, and I help others see glimpses of God's glory among the imperfections of their lives. If you've ever struggled with measuring up to an unattainable standard or have wondered where is God in the midst of less than perfect circumstances, you're not alone. Hope and probably a little bit of humor are on the way. I'm done trying to be great. Great wife, great mom, great friend, great person. Seriously, it is highly overrated. Now, hear me out. I'm not giving up my faith or my walk of obedience to God. But give me a few minutes of your time, and I think you'll come out at the end of this episode with a greater understanding of what I'm talking about, and maybe a greater understanding of how to figure out exactly what God has called you to, because I'm going to go ahead and make this mind-blowing claim, it's probably not to be great. Several years ago, I came to this revelation, and I'm going to describe for you that dreadful day filled with tragic events that God had to use to get me there. It all started with a pot roast. You think God isn't involved with the details? Let me assure you, He is. I'm quite confident when I purchased that roast at the grocery store that God had a cute smirk on His face and the angels grabbed some popcorn to get ready for the show. I had signed up to cook a barbecue roast for the band directors and judges of a huge competition that my kids' high school was hosting, and I was extremely proud of myself for remembering to actually take it out of the freezer ahead of time so it could slow cook all night and be ready the next morning at 10.45 when we needed to leave. I'm not sure when and where my brain timed out, but it wasn't until I awoke at 9.15 Saturday morning and moseyed down the stairs to start my coffee that I realized the roast was still in the fridge. I had never put it in the slow cooker, which meant that I had a five-pound roast to cook in less than two hours. Now, I now know that that feat is scientifically impossible, but at the moment, I did what every wise and productive woman does in a crisis. I Googled it, and let me tell you, Though I possess a stovetop, an oven, a microwave, and a pressure cooker, there wasn't a single method that was going to cook that thing in time. So I nuked it in the microwave as long as I could and ended up delivering it to the school undone. Now, don't get your trousers in a twist. I didn't serve these hardworking adults uncooked meat. I simply asked the hospitality coordinator to keep it hidden behind the other crock pots until it was done. Because... I then had concession stand duty for the next four freaking hours. Afterwards, I ran back to the other building to check on the roast, and as if things couldn't have gotten any worse, my crock pot had somehow gotten unplugged. I quickly plugged it back in and headed off to another son's football game across town at a different high school. And this is where I happened to promise my daughter I would finish braiding her African-American hair after I got home, no matter how late. This is a seven-hour process, and we were only a little over halfway through with it. After my son's game, I had to volunteer at the product table and then head back over to the first school to retrieve my crockpot. By this time, it was 9 p.m., and I was exhausted. And apparently, having my husband tell our daughter I would not be completing her hairdo was code for begin self-destruction immediately. I got his 911 text message that read, you need to come home now. And her earth-shattering meltdown ensued until I arrived and coaxed her down from the emotional Grand Canyon that she was teetering over. 
So as I thought back through the bookends of my day, just being complete mom fails, this eye-opening fact became clear. I had to stop trying to be a great mom, and I say that with air quotes, at least the world's definition of great. I bet if I asked many of you to describe a great mom, you'd describe either the working mom who's also president of the PTO and at every one of her kids' games or concerts with homemade goodies for the team in hand, or maybe you'd describe that stay-at-home mom who's the class mom for each of her kids' classes, puts on parties and fundraising events that put Pinterest to shame, and has an amazingly successful side hustle of selling essential oils or makeup. Or maybe you'd describe that homeschooling mom with five kids who grows her own garden, writes her own Bible study curriculum, always looks peaceful, and has an unseen supply of energy. Oh, and all of these women volunteer in the children's department at church and look great doing it all. But here's what a few decades of adulting has taught me. Great, in terms of how you're doing as a woman, a mom, or a person, doesn't always have measurable variables and data that can be seen on the surface. And it's not a universal formula. So I believe a better goal than being great is just being what God has called you to be. And folks, that looks different for every single one of us. Most of us spend so much time doing what everyone else asks us to, expects us to, or what we perceive they expect us to do, that we have no clue what God has called us to in that moment or that season or even our lifetime. And from the failed pot roast in the morning to the daughter in crisis that evening, that is exactly what I had done that day and had been doing for much of my life. Society puts these burdens on us when they send us home with 258 sign-up sheets, reminding us that this ship can only sail with our individual help, and the church can even put these burdens on us unintentionally by pushing so much programming and guilting too many of us to participate in all of them. There have been seasons in my life where I couldn't volunteer for anything, couldn't afford to pick up snacks for the team, and I certainly didn't have time or energy to make them from scratch. Sometimes being great just looked like waking up, trusting God, putting one foot in front of the other, and that was pretty great. But very few people, including myself, saw the fruit of that greatness, or worse, no one patted me on the back for it except for my dog, maybe, because he thinks I'm the greatest thing that's ever happened simply by showing up. But there's nothing wrong with volunteering or serving others outside of my family. It's only wrong when my motives aren't right, whether I'm hoping for a pat on the back or I'm trying to keep up with the girl next door. It's wrong if I haven't asked God what He wants my agenda to be. And wrong motives can be costly. Ask Ananias and Sapphira who gave part of their land sale proceeds to the apostles in the early church. They died on the spot because they dishonestly held some back for themselves. This seems a little harsh until you read the whole story carefully. They were trying to appear to be something rather than to be. Their actions sprang from wrong motives. And I think God wanted the early church to know what He'd been saying all through the Old Testament. He delights in worship over works. That's Psalm 69, 29 through 32. And that He looks at the heart, 1 Samuel 16, 7, rather than the outward appearance. Our motives matter, and they have to align with our God-given mission. And many of us haven't even taken time in prayer to discern God's mission for us or the priorities He wants us to have. 
because we're too busy running off the steam of our motives. Today, I'd love to offer you some strategies and some truths that can help you take your foot off the gas pedal of the wrong vehicle. Because I'm not proposing you not be productive. I'm proposing that perhaps productivity happens from a place of stillness and not necessarily a place of constant motion. So here are my thoughts on this. Number one, establish your missional priorities. What are the things God has clearly put on your plate in this season of your life? It may be family responsibilities, a job, a ministry, or a mixture of all of these. For those of you who got my last newsletter, you'll remember a conversation I was in at the start of the summer when I was feeling very overwhelmed. And my friend Joy sat me down and set me straight by asking me this question. When you get to the end of the summer, what are the top three things that will make this summer a failure if you don't accomplish them? And she challenged me that anything on that responsibility list that wasn't working toward these goals needed to be dropped, which is very hard for me, a people-pleasing yes girl who's only just realizing how much she really loves that pat on the back from other people. But wow, that one question followed by my paring down of yeses to give room for my main mission, and it set the pace for a summer of extreme productivity, but also of peace. And up until this point, I don't think I knew that both of those things could exist simultaneously. So establish your missional priorities and then set your schedule to line up with them, not the other way around. Okay, number two, don't answer until you've asked. So when you're faced with a new opportunity, whether it's to teach a class at church, cook for an event, take a part-time or a full-time job, or be on a committee, whatever it is, Don't give an answer until you've spent time on your knees asking, asking God if this is a direction He wants you to move in. Because even if it does line up with your mission, it may just be a coincidence. I'm not trying to make you doubt every step you take. I'm just challenging you not to step until God has given you the green light. I remember being in a situation years ago where I was asked to step into a worship leadership role at our church. And as I was talking this over with a mentor of mine at the time, Dr. Dick Ely, he said, why do you feel like you need to do this? And my answer was simply, because I'm the most logical choice and I'll do the best job. Now, I wasn't speaking from a place of pride. I honestly think I was speaking from a place of purpose. I'd had a wealth of experience in this area and can do it confidently and well. But I'll never forget his reply because it kind of shocked me. He said, maybe someone else won't do as good a job as you, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. And that pretty much wrecked what I once thought was the mature or spiritual response. But the right response was to pray about whether this is what God wanted me to do or not, rather than to figure out if anyone else could do it better. And I think of Stephen in the Bible, who Acts chapter 6 describes as full of grace and power, performing great signs among the people, and that no one could stand up to his wisdom. He gave what possibly could have been recorded as the most eloquent sermon in the history of the church. It earned him a standing ovation from Jesus Christ himself and a death by stoning by the religious elite of his day. Now that is a sermon. But you know what he was asked to do by Jesus' 12 disciples just one chapter before this? He was asked to do the spiritual equivalent of just waiting tables. The 12 needed to be focused on the work of preaching the word and prayer, so they chose seven men to do the work of taking care of the widows who at that time were being overlooked. And Stephen was one of these guys they asked to do that task. 
And I'm guessing he just might have been a more eloquent speaker than some of the other disciples. But he did exactly the work God called him to do, and that positioned him to accomplish the exact mission God had for him. So whatever opportunity comes your way, don't answer before you ask. And last, number three, leave space for surprises. If you can't see any white space on your calendar, there's a problem. And I'll say this here also. If you don't keep a calendar at all, you should probably start there. That's where most of my issues started from a long time ago. And you may remember from previous podcast episodes that almost 30 years ago, I up and married my polar opposite. Our personalities could not be on farther sides of the spectrum than they are. In fact, the phrase opposites attract is true, but they also drive each other absolutely nuts. Uh, But anyway, here's an example of just how contradictory uh, the thought processes are of my husband and I. I was trying to say yes to something, and I remember conveying to him that I had one day that particular week with absolutely nothing on it, so it would be perfect for scheduling this commitment. And in his usual mind-blowing wisdom, he pointed out to me, you see a blank spot on the calendar and say, look, I have room to fill it. While I look at the one blank space on my calendar and say, I'm going to protect it at all costs so that I have some margin. And oh, how he loves that word margin. But you know what? So do I. Deep down, I need the space to breathe, to pray, to regroup, or more than likely to put out unexpected fires that will undoubtedly flare up. So leave space for surprises. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the woman that volunteers for everything at the steep cost of losing physical and mental energy and clarity that's better spent on my family and God-given calling. I don't want to worry about what people will think if I'm not involved instead of seeking God's thoughts on the absolute best use of my time. I don't want my mornings to be stressful trying to find a supernatural pot roast recipe that saves my day when I can find peace in savoring the Word of God to be more like Jesus wherever He has called me to serve. I don't want my days to end in unfulfilled promises made to my family, but with a sense of satisfaction that I've done what mattered most, because that sounds pretty darn great to me. so much for joining me today on the Unperfect Podcast. I've got a free resource I'm excited to share with you entitled The Unperfect Promises of God. These are five biblical meditations to encourage you as you're living in the now and the not yet that I've talked about here on the podcast and in my blog. So check out the show notes and description for a link to that printable download. You'll also find a link to my website, www.shellysneed.com where you can read more of my stuff and subscribe to that bi-monthly email newsletter. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a quick rating and review. In a world where algorithms run the show, this will help other unperfect people like us find the podcast. If you're not sure how to do this, ask a teenager. They know everything. I'm praying you have a blessed week and are able to see glimpses of glory in the now and the not yet of your unperfect life. See you next week.